0: Hello, and welcome to Let's Meet the Virologist, a podcast about the people behind today's virology headlines, people working to understand viruses and how they affect you. We are talking with students, postdocs, and other virologists so that you can learn who they are and what they do. I am Larissa Thackeray, and I am hosting this podcast from America's Heartland in St. Louis, Missouri. On July 6, 2022, we talked with Adula Ogassi an assistant professor of virology and head of the Emerging and Endemic Infectious Research Unit at the Medical Research Center at Jazan University, Saudi Arabia. He did his bachelor's at King Khalid University in Saudi Arabia and got his master's of science from the New York Medical College and then his master's of public health and a PhD in virology from the University of Texas Medical Branch at Galveston. His lab focuses on the epidemiology and pathogenesis of emerging coronaviruses, such as MERS and SARS-CoV-2.
1: Thanks for talking with us today. Um, Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: Sure, so first of all, I'd like to thank you and thank the American Society for Virology and yourself, of course, for this great initiative and for having me. I'd also like to thank the ASV for the Global uh, Scholar Award, which I was so fortunate to be one of the recipients of this award this year. So my name is Abdullah Al-Ghaisi. I'm uh, I'm a virologist from Saudi Arabia uh, with special interest in emerging uh, coronaviruses like like MERS and SARS-CoV-2.
1: Great. And um, can you tell us sort of when you first became interested in science and then virology, how did that happen for you?
2: Yes. So um, I really had a great interest in science in general when I was a kid, a little kid. But what really got me into uh, microbiology and viruses um, was that when I witnessed, I witnessed firsthand the outbreak of Rift Valley fever virus in, in my hometown, then in the year of uh, 2000, 2001, Um, I was in my last year in the intermediate school and it was, I still remember uh, how devastating this outbreak was. I remember school were shut down and um, for some time and there were many casualties, especially in livestock and some in humans as well. Um, This was a really turning point. Uh, I, I really got interested in viruses and that, uh, how they transmit uh, between humans, and from animals, of course, to humans, and then how they can cause disease. Um, the other important uh, equation in which I really got interested, I, I mean, got more interested in viruses, is the outbreak of MERS. That was also in Saudi Arabia, of course, not in my hometown, but it was in another city. Uh, so MERS is uh, another, of course, a coronavirus that uh, uh, emerged here in Saudi Arabia in 2012. Uh, at the time, I was in my um, research for my master's degree in New York, and it was, I was—I had planned to continue doing uh, influenza viruses work, but uh, since MERS was uh, somehow related to the to my country, so I decided to switch to um, to work on coronaviruses. I remember at the time there were like th- that was in 2014, so at the time there were only few places where you can do uh, coronaviruses research in the U.S. Um, Ralph Barrick in the in, in UNC, uh, Chapel Hill, um, Matthew Freeman at University of Maryland, and I think uh, Stanley Perman at University of Iowa, and um, uh, I think two couple places, but also uh, University of Texas uh, Medical Branch at Gulf Houston in which they have really nice uh, coronaviruses uh, research going on, uh, Dr. Sunji Makino lab and Dr. Sing lab. So I decided to go to UTMB. Uh, I applied to all of them, but I, I, I went to UTMB for my uh, PhD to work on coronaviruses. And that's how in, I ended up uh, doing uh, coronaviruses research.
1: Interesting, and I guess when you, um, so MERS was sort of like the second outbreak as it were of coronaviruses, you know, more modern outbreak. Um, you know can you tell us a little bit about MERS in general um, and then some of the research that you did?
2: Sure, so um, yes, so MERS was the second uh, highly pathogenic human uh, coronaviruses, uh, the first being SARS, uh, SARS-1 in 2003-2002 in, in, in China um, and we have like 10 years uh, gap and then MERS emerged uh, from the same uh, subfamily. It's a beta coronavirus as well Uh, It was emerged in uh, Saudi Arabia back in 2013, 2012. Uh, As we know, the uh, connection uh, to its emergence was pointed out to camels as the uh, source of human infection. But actually, more research also uh, found out that uh, that the natural host is actually bats, just like SARS-1 and now maybe Uh, SARS-2. But actually, interestingly, this research area is not... um, it's not that extensively uh, studied, so we know it's 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 uh, it's more likely originated from bats, but we have not actually found a strong evidence that bats actually that's uh, actually the origin of this virus. Uh, we have very strong evidence that most of the human cases are um, connected to camel's exposure, uh, but as but but as I mentioned, uh, there is no strong evidence uh, uh, pointing to the bats as a reservoir. So that's actually now is one of our focus. Uh, We are conducting, our group actually conducting um, uh, surveillance uh, studies on on domestic animals, uh, as well as uh, wild animals, including bats, uh, from Saudi Arabia to understand the prevalence of of MERS and other uh, potentially coronaviruses in these animals, and also to discover and characterize new viruses. So as I mentioned, MERS is still actually, a lot of research needs to be done, uh, and it's one of our focus right now. Okay, cool.
1: And has MERS, I know um, there was sort of like travel acquired MERS and like there was a big outbreak in uh, South Korea, for example, but has MERS um, transmission from like a, a, an, an animal host actually been documented outside of Saudi Arabia? Or is that sort of like the only place that sort of the initial transmission is occurring?
2: So this is interesting since uh, most of the cases actually, um, human cases are, are reported from Saudi Arabia and surrounding countries. And uh, there is evidence actually, uh, MERS could be uh, could also uh, circulate uh, at least in animals in, in East Africa, uh, but no other report about MERS um, in other animals or, 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 or even in humans uh, that, has not been linked to Saudi Arabia. So most of the cases outside uh, Saudi Arabia and the surrounding country is actually linked to Saudi Arabia or, or travel to Saudi Arabia or surrounding countries. Like the, the, the outbreak that happened in, in, in South Korea that was linked to a traveler uh, came back from Kuwait uh, to South uh, uh, um, Korea and started that outbreak. Um, so lots of, uh, some research actually going uh, on currently uh, to actually see uh, why, why this is the case, why we see um, evidence of, of, of animals in, in, in East Africa and some other countries, uh, but no human cases uh, in those countries. Um, this is very interesting and there is some hypothesis here as well, but it's still uh, under, uh, under uh, research for now. I hope uh, our, our group can also contribute to answers for these questions in the near future.
1: You know, after you finished your sort of studies at Galveston, how did you then progress to your next step as, as a faculty member? How did that happen?
2: I finished right before the COVID actually hit. Uh, I finished my PhD in um, uh, September 2019. Uh, I went back to Saudi Arabia with the goal to establish my, uh, my lab and my group uh, and continue working on coronaviruses uh, in general and MERS specifically. So um, when, when when SARS-CoV-2 uh, emerged, it was uh, predictable for us. So I worked on coronaviruses. Uh, we somehow know they are going to be outbreaks caused by these uh, viruses. So I actually, uh, I continued working on, on SARS-CoV-2. And um, so the, the, the change for me was not that. Uh, MERS is actually the cousin of SARS-CoV-2, so we continued doing uh, some uh, SARS-CoV-2 studies and we contributed to uh, developing NSAs here in Saudi Arabia, uh, establishing actually also some um, transferring some techniques from from the lab I did my PhD on, uh, which helped me a lot to establish my, 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 my research here very quickly. So, uh, titrating viruses, uh, uh, sequencing the, the, the strain in Saudi Arabia, and also uh, developing assays. Um, and that, of course, was really uh, with great help from colleagues here in Saudi Arabia, and really amazing collaboration with scientists and research team uh, also in other universities. Uh, so the transition for me was uh, not very uh, dramatic. I, 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 I I was working on MERS and now in SARS-CoV-2. Uh, so yes, of course, we got the impact of, of COVID on our research was, was, uh, uh, was huge, but uh, at least uh, for, for our group, uh, we continued doing uh, SARS-CoV-2 research. Um, and now after two years from SARS-CoV-2, we are back to MERS research, which was actually our original um, focus. So uh, we resumed now fully our research on MERS, Uh, with, of course, some ongoing uh, research uh, also in SARS-CoV-2. One of the focus for our group now is is, uh, uh, developing uh, a dine viral, actually, which can inhibit MERS uh, and SARS-CoV-2 at the same time and potentially also um, emerging or future uh, coronavirus as well.
1: So, sorry, this is an antiviral or... Um, it is
2: antiviral, cool. targeting the uh, the fusion step of the virus uh, replication, and it is also with uh, collaboration with the, with the US team uh, as well as um, team uh, research team from Saudi Arabia. But okay. that's one of the really interesting uh, research we are doing.
1: Okay, great. And um, can you describe, actually, your lab a little bit in more detail? Um, Do you have PhD students, master's students, um, postdocs? Who who works in your lab?
2: Yes, that's a great question. So uh, we are located at at Jezan University. It's a university focuses a lot of research, biomedical research uh, in Jezan City, uh, the southwestern of Saudi Arabia. Uh, we are located uh, particularly in the MRC, the Medical Research Center, our research group uh, is called the uh, Emerging and Endemic Research uh, uh, Unit, uh, in which I lead this uh, unit. So we have uh, master students, uh, as well as some undergrad, and we also uh, work in uh, some, co- some colleagues with PhD also working with me in, the, in, in this unit. Uh, we also have two PhD students uh, working with us. Um, so we are, uh, a new, uh, established, uh, research group, but we are expanding and that's why our focus also is expanding.
1: Great. And, um, you had mentioned that you're doing some seroprevalence studies. What other kind of, uh, bigger questions are you trying to address on MERS?
2: Yeah. So yeah, MERS of course is our main focus. And I mentioned, we are now looking for samples from different animals, um, especially, uh, paths, of course, uh, to see uh, evidence of, of, uh, of, um, to further in- uh, confirm that that's actually the origin of, of MERS, but also we are surveilling, um, other, um, zoonotic disease here in Saudi Arabia, for example, um uh, rift fever, of course, is a big one since, uh, it wasn't like, uh, the, the, uh, emergence, re-emergence of, of rift fever here was the first, um, uh, outbreak of this virus outside Africa. So there is still some concern about this virus here. So we're doing regular uh, surveillance uh, in animals as well as um, uh, humans. Uh, we also look into uh, other uh, flaviviruses, uh, dengue, chikungunya, which is kind of, uh, they are here of course, but the research of those viruses actually uh, is still not, uh, to the, uh, the limit, uh, to the level that uh, should be. So we are focusing on those areas as well. Uh, of course, uh, we are also currently working with uh, colleagues from uh, Ministry of Agriculture uh, to also uh, do some zero surveillance studies on other uh, animal related viruses. Hmm.
1: Great. And for mers um can you tell us a little bit about um i assume it requires high containment to actually work with mers what what kind of laboratory facilities do you need to actually work with it
2: Yeah, so actually mers it's a uh, bsl3 virus so in 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 the country now we have only one bsl3 lab which is at king Abdulaziz university in jeddah which we are collaborating uh, with them uh, actually more frequently so uh we work with them side-by-side side for all uh, BCL-3 uh, work, work. Uh, but also we're doing some BCL-2 work in our lab here at but uh, As I mentioned, it's BCL-3 virus uh, classified here in the country and uh, the work on this virus only restricted to BCL-3 lab, which, um, which is at uh, another university that we are collaborating with.
1: Great, and so how do you work with it um, in, your, in your own lab? Are, are there um, Are you using pseudoviruses? How do you work with it?
2: Yeah, so we're using pseudovirus based on the VSV expressing the spike protein. Uh, we're also doing uh, some expression and um, uh, using the, uh, you know, uh, viral protein like the spike and the N. But also we're doing um, some of the experiment that doesn't require the live virus, uh, for example. Uh, uh, clinical sample when, in which we just inactivate samples and uh, extract RNA and work with those uh, samples. Uh, but all the uh, live virus work is conducted only in, in the BCL3 lab, which is located at King Abdulaziz University.
1: Right, right. Um, and then I guess um, I'm kind of curious about where do you see your research going? Or like what is sort of, you know, in the next, you know, five, 10 years, what do you want to be studying?
2: Great. So um, the virology community, uh, research community in solar Arabia, actually, it's, it's just, um, it's a small community, but it's expanding, they're getting larger. And part of it is by so a lot of people just like me, they're coming from um, either US or UK or, or abroad with a PhD degree, and they are really uh, have the best skills and all the motivation and interest. But uh, as I mentioned, we are we are expanding. It's still a, not a big community, so we still need collaboration. We need a lot of uh, uh, channel that with with our colleagues in the US and other bases. But also, uh, we, what we are doing and what my group actually focusing on is on establishing things that not used to be the focus for research here. For example, um, I was. The recipient of uh, a grant from Moderna, actually, to to uh, establish mRNA research, mRNA vaccine research here in Saudi Arabia. So, uh, uh, in the next few years, I'll be focusing on establishing uh, vaccines for MERS uh, using mRNA technology uh, in in, uh, in a project, actually, in collaboration with with another teams here, uh, and was uh, and funded by Moderna. Um, as I mentioned, we'll, we'll continue doing uh, MERS research because I think this is uh, still a uh, concern. Uh, a lot of uh, unanswered questions regarding MERS uh, need to be answered. And I think we have the talent, uh, the tools. and uh, With time, I think we will come up with answers for these uh, outstanding questions.
1: Right, and I guess now that we, after sars v 2 do you have some thoughts as to why MERS has remained sort of a more restricted, like why it hasn't gone pandemic in the same way?
2: Yeah, this is an interesting question. So there is, there is a difference between SARS and MERS, SARS-2 and MERS, uh, difference in their transmission, difference, of course, in their um, uh, genetics of, of, as well. So MERS is not as highly transmissible as SARS-CoV-2 uh, in humans. Um, so, uh, we see most of the MERS cases still, uh, linked to either exposure to camels or, um, cluster outbreak of cases or cluster of cases related to healthcare setting. Uh, there is no like huge, uh, community transmission of MERS, uh, which is really good news, but, uh, the reason behind that actually is, uh, so MERS doesn't bind as, uh, with high, with high availability to its human uh, receptor, the dbb for as, as SARS-CoV-2 bind to the ACE2, for example. Uh, there is also other uh, other reasons why MERS is not highly transmissible. The of MERS is not as, as in the same base of SARS-CoV-2. So MERS mutate uh, in, in a lower rate. So we don't see much, uh, much change in the virus genome uh, from 2012 until now. Uh, there is some some mutations, of course, but that doesn't affect, has not affect the, the transmission rate or doesn't make the virus evade immune response or, or even make it more transmissible. Um, the other interesting thing is that, um, so MERS has been uh, circulating in camels for about 25 to 30 years, uh, indicating that it took so many years uh, for the virus to be able to transmit to humans. Um, indicating that it's it's still not well adapted to be tran- transmissible between hum- humans um but we don't know what's gonna happen in the future that's why it's very important to still do a lot of merge research uh to uncover uh some of these uh unanswered uh, or un- uncovered um research areas but In summary, yes, there is a huge difference between transmission of MERS and SARS-CoV-2 due to those factors I mentioned. Um,
1: Interesting. And do you actually have access to samples from like 30 years ago to actually see what the sequence of MERS was back then? Um, Are there like historical samples that you could actually look at how much the virus has been changing or changed?
2: Oh, yeah. So the the study I was referring to was done in the UAE. It was done on uh, archived samples from camels. So they have uh, camel samples from like 30 years ago. Uh, They went back and tested those uh, samples for the evidence of uh, MERS antibody. And they found, yes, those sample uh, has MERS antibody. They reacted to MERS virus. But the, the actual Virus isolate from those samples, I think, uh, no, the the, the, the earliest uh, virus isolates, uh, isolate was uh, from 2012. We don't have uh, like early or or, uh, or virus isolate before the evidence the, uh, of the virus in humans. So when we found out about the virus in humans in, in June, 2012, uh, we started to look for for, for MERS in, in camels. Uh, yes, and then virus was isolated Camel's uh, research uh, teams here in Saudi still isolating uh, virus from either humans and camels, the, 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 the most recent publication was, I think, last year, uh, in which they also sequenced the virus uh, from recent isolate, compared it to, compared to the 20, uh, 2012 isolate, and still there is no much difference in the virus genome. Um, same thing with the Camel Isolate, It's still very much similar to the original Isolate in 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, there is some, I mentioned some mutation, of course, but not at the level that make the virus um, or even change the binding affinity of the uh, RBD, virus RBD to the people before. Uh, still, the behaving somehow similar to what we have seen since its emergence uh, in 2012 until now.
1: Interesting. Huh. It, that almost suggests that there's some pressure on the virus to stay the same as it were. So that it can't, it can't change in quite the same way. Huh. It's interesting.
2: Yeah, so the good thing is that because we don't have lots of human cases, I mean, you know, more transmission in humans, more chance for the virus to, to replicate and to acquire yeah. like, patients. So this is not happening. We don't know much about the, the tra- transmission within camel's population. And that's, I know that's uh, also uh, the focus of other research group here in Saudi Arabia. Uh, But I think, yes, virus is still circulating within camels, but also that that circulation and transmission has not affected the virus much um, uh, so far. All
1: right, well, thanks so much for talking with us today. Um, Are you presenting a a talk or a poster at ASV?
2: Yes, I'm presenting a talk on the uh, second day session 12, uh, W12, Emerging Viruses. My talk is gonna be about MERS um, infection in humans, uh, in which we're gonna present new data actually uh, looking for MERS um, antibody and rising antibody, as well as uh, B-cells and T-cells responses from uh, individual who recovered from MERS since uh, 2012, all the way to the recent infection in 2022. Uh,
1: Great. Um, Excellent. Well, we look forward to that um, and we'll see you at ASV.
2: Sure. Thank you so much for having me again. Thank you so much. Appreciate it.
0: This has been Let's Meet the Virologist, a podcast about people who study viruses. This is your host, Larissa Thackeray, and thanks for listening. Can find us on Google, Apple, Amazon Music, and other podcast providers or at you.